The Athletic. Football Show European Edition. Today, Real Madrid's big week, Barcelona's big corruption case, Bayern with João Cancelo's cultured foot, Inter heading to Porto in a storm, Galatasaray, the Super League super team, and Parisians almost stopped in their tracks by a perky breast. All that and more in this Totally Football Show. It's Tuesday the 14th of March, you know, and we've got the classic uh, Totally Football Show Euro lineup for you. Raphael Honigstein. Good morning. Alvaro Romeo. Hola, hola. James Horncastle. Hello. And Julien Laurent. Bonjour. Bonjour to you, Jules. You had a nice weekend? Very nice, thank you. Wow. Very nice. I was at uh, BT on Saturday for the score. Ooh. And... Chris Sutton and Robbie Savage were obviously um, there, pondering what to do with their BBC. <laughs> of all the words you could have used, there. did they do six oh six? They didn't do six oh six. Did they no. not? No, six oh six was not. Didn't happen on Saturday, like all the other BBC Five Live right. Sports, of course. I was worried at one stage that they would put out the podcast re-recording <laughs> on the Thursday. <laughs> all right, and all yeah. of a sudden, were you worried about that, Rafa? <laughs> Uh, sorry listener well Jules that might well qualify as your moment of the weekend and another one actually if you want to should we start yeah let's start you go I'll take you back to Friday night when Lille uh, were hosting Lyon uh, which was a really really good game and Lyon were with Alexandre Lacazette, who'd been injured, who was on the bench, and we knew at some point he might come on. Uh, and he came on when Lyon were 2-1 down, and the first thing he did was concede a penalty. Uh, and Lille went 3-1 up, uh, another brace from Jonathan David, which was great. And then Lacazette, the saviour, scored two goals in the space of two minutes to get a very, very good 3-3 draw for Lyon, who maybe didn't deserve it, but he showed again that he's... He's their most important player by far. And without him, it's a very different story. So well done to him in a way, although he looked like a nightmare at the start with a penalty conceded, but then he was a savior. Very nice. James. Cavalladonna, James. Got to be one of the goals of the season. Although we did see another contender in the weekend in that uh, Paolo Dybala goal for Roma uh, in their defeat to Sassuolo. But yeah, Cavada, even Spalletti saying afterwards, a goal worthy of Maradona. In campo aperto, attenzione, Caroschelli dalla parte opposta, riceve la sfera, limite dell'area, entra in area. Va Caroschelli, doppio dribbling, triplo dribbling, destro! Destro Pazzesco! Di Caroschelli! Il Napoli è in vantaggio! Zigzags through uh, several Atalanta players. I think there's eight around him uh, when he uh, scores this goal. And yeah, magnificent Napoli. Keep on keeping on. 18 points clear now. Everyone behind them practically losing apart from Juventus who hope to get that points penalty overturned and then they would go into second place. But yeah, it's got to be Cavara. Excellent. Alvaro. I think in Spain it has to be Valencia winning finally mm-hmm. because uh, they were in relegation when their game against Osasuna started. And uh, then they managed to win 1-0. It, was, it wasn't easy for them. They are going through a very difficult season with the new manager, Ruben Baraja. They've been in relegation. They are going to fight for the relegation or to avoid it. And, you know, it was a difficult game for them because um, I think that they could have had a penalty uh, that the referee didn't call. Then Hugo Duro missed a penalty when they were winning 1-0, by the way. 
But um, the fact that Justin Kluivert scored in the second half just gave Valencia a proper breather. Mm. And uh, they escaped relegation this weekend. Uh, obviously, uh, there is still a long way to go. But for me, this is the moment of the week because Valencia got two wins in the last three games mm. and they are little by little improving, you know, their really bad start of the year. How's Justin, young Justin Kluivert been getting on there? Uh, it's been... Uh, Stop, start, stop, start. A bit slow for him. I don't think Agatuso like him as a player that much. Mm. And, well, he's been vibrant sometimes. Uh, you can see that he's got a lot of quality, but uh, he needs too many chances to, to score a goal. But this time, fortunately for Valencia, he did score it. Okay. While Alvaro was talking, Rafi, you were busy Googling on your phone <laughs> uh, for your moment of the weekend. <laughs> what happened again this weekend? <laughs> My moment of the weekend. <laughs> uh, James... Does the name Henning Matriciani mean anything to you? Damn. I want some of what he's selling. Well, I think that he might have some Italian heritage. Uh-huh. Is Possibly. That the Christian name? <laughs> that gives that away. No, that is the second <laughs> name. He was a fourth division player two years ago. He was picked by Schalke and now suddenly has started playing and has become a really important player for them. In the last minute of the derby against Dortmund, he made a last-ditch tackle and the whole stadium stood up and celebrated. And Schalke then did a really nice mock-up of Matriciani with the Ballon d'Or right. in the smoking because he was so important in that 2-2 Who, draw. Whose shot was it? Modahud. So Modahud couldn't get past the Matriciani. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Anyone in a trattoria will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't get it. What's the joke? Uh, uh, Matriciana is like a classic, uh, classic uh, Roman, Roman sauce, dish. No? Yeah, yeah, with your pancetta and you've got your onions, right. you've got your tomatoes. Uh, okay. It's probably not my favourite. Not familiar is it your with favourite? With bucatini, but that didn't work with mm. pasta. So. A matriciani is a favourite. Uh, a matriciana. A matriciana, but so. you know. Okay. Sorry, listener, we'll move on. Hey, what's <laughs> that you're saying? Champions League, you're right, it is. Second leg of the last 16 coming up Tuesday, Wednesday, and some mighty big matches, perhaps none more eye catching than the one at the Bernabeu. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network, and sponsored by LiveScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LiveScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, y cinco, al. Liverpool y además en Anfield Karim sound there Real Madrid absolutely doing Liverpool last time these two teams met at Anfield a few weeks ago you'll recall it was 5-2 to Real Madrid now since then lots of things have happened Real Madrid went a little bit off the boil and Liverpool did one of their mighty wins that 7-0 against Man United so the question Alvaro I'm going to ask you is could they it's going to be very difficult, but we have seen teams just about to come back against Real Madrid, like, for example, in last season, Champions League. I remember that Chelsea was winning 3-0 at Santiago Bernabeu for a little while until, you know, Real Madrid managed to score two goals and Rodrigo and Modric invented for me what it was one of the goals of the season. One of those that doesn't go to the Puskas Award because it's a combination and not a beautiful bicycle kick. But I think that... Liverpool has been able of beating Napoli this season, which uh, not many teams have been able of uh, doing. Uh, then they beat Manchester United 7-0, Bournemouth 9-0. Um, they beat Manchester City as well. So there is some fire 
in them and there is some danger in them. We all know about that. And I think that Real Madrid has to be very aware of that. I, of course, Real Madrid is uh, overwhelmingly favorite, but preparing a game like this is not easy for them. Because if Real Madrid defends and they won't, probably they will concede goals. I think that they will probably face this game as if it was a nil-nil in mm -hmm. the first leg and they will try to win this one. Some fantastic results there, Alvaro. Am I right in saying, though, that those have all been at home, whereas on the road, they've only won three times and they tend to do things like lose at Bournemouth? Yeah, I'm trying to think about it now. Probably their most meaningful uh, win away this season has been beating Ajax at Johan Cruyff Arena. Mm. I think. I think, yes, you're right with that. I mean, we saw the first leg. I think Liverpool were fantastic for 25 minutes, putting pressure on Camavinga. They were shifting all the game to the right. They scored goals. There were a couple of decisive moments, like when Eder Militao, I believe he was, uh, cleared the ball from over the line as well, when Liverpool was still winning. And then Real Madrid scored five. So I think that that scoreline was perhaps a little bit deceptive. But yes, coming back from a 5-2 disadvantage uh, or a scoreline, it's going to be very difficult. But I think that Liverpool has a certain danger in them. And I can see them at least during the game at some point just believing that they may have a chance if mm. they score first, for example. All right. Sometimes you'd think if Liverpool score, get the first early, it might shake them a bit. But, but Real Madrid went two goals down at Anfield and didn't seem unduly bothered by it. So I guess we'll see. A 3-1 victory for them at the weekend over... Espanol. They went a goal down in that game as well. Yeah, they were. And uh, probably that is, uh, you know, when you score early at Santiago Bernabeu, normally that uh, wakes up the beast. I mean, that's uh, one of the worst things you can do historically, uh, definitely in the last decade, because Real Madrid uh, manages to wake up. And uh, then uh, this time they came back. I think that they came back in a style with Vinicius scoring a very good goal again. Eder Militao did score another one. Marco Asensio, a player who has been at times a fringe player, he scored the 3-1. But the overall performance was good. Real Madrid needed an easy win because in La Liga they've been struggling a little bit this um, last couple of weeks, especially uh, after their defeat against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey. But, uh, you know, I think that they group uh, together in the right moment. Karim Benzema will be back, and he's very important. My only question is who's going to play as a left-back for Real Madrid. That's going to be interesting. I guess that Nacho will be the man, because I think that Camavinga, uh, he's not a natural left-back, and he may suffer with uh, someone like Mohamed Salah. We saw at Espanol goal, uh, in Espanol goal the other day, that... Uh, Camavinga didn't know how to defend the long ball to the right winger of uh, Espanyol, and this may happen a lot in the game against Liverpool. So, Theat Ancelotti will probably play Nacho there in that position, unless Ferland Mendy is ready to play. I mean, he's back in training, but I don't think like he's ready to play 90 minutes. What about the assist from Chouameni on the Militao goal? Well, outside of the right foot cross, like Quaresma, mm. is Modric teaching him how to use your outside of the right foot? I mean, Chouameni is uh, showing his Quite potential plenty of times. The only problem is that uh, his positional game is not uh, still uh, the favorite thing of Carlo Ancelotti. Ancelotti is working with him a lot on that. But yeah, I mean, he, he has got like, a good landing in Spanish football. Does anyone see Liverpool with a chance in this game? They have a chance, but yeah. it, is, yeah. it is in a low percentage. Mm. They're just so Points. unpredictable. They can go and win 3-0 there and they could also lose 4-0. Four, four and it could be a 3-2 win or 3-2 defeat too. It's just impossible to, to predict. You know, I think the, the talent that they have up front, if it clicks like against United and they are, they are ruthless and, and take the, the chances they have and the, the half chances they have, 
then anything is possible. And it's only a, a Real Madrid team that is a bit vulnerable too. Mm. They will have to put a very brave performance. That's the thing. And I think that if you put a brave performance at Santiago Bernabeu with the quality that Vinicius has in the counter-attack, that can cost you as well. And I didn't like what I saw from Virgil van Dijk against Bournemouth. I think that uh, some of his actions were, and especially the one in Bournemouth's goal. I think he, he just thought that uh, that player, I think that it was Outara, uh, was never going to get that ball. And that is unacceptable in a centre-back. I mean, you cannot do that. I, uh, and I think that uh, it's going to be a very difficult game against, for, for Liverpool's defence and especially for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mm. Maybe their minds were already on the Real Madrid clash. And maybe Real's minds might be this midweek on the game they've got coming up at the weekend, which is only <gasps> El Clasico. <gasps> and El Clasico, which is not just the top two, Alvaro, but has got added spice because of the corruption business. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... This weekend, uh, for the first time, we have seen animosity, clear animosity from the stance towards Barcelona. It happened in Bilbao. To start with, uh, Athletic Club Bilbao and Barcelona, they've been playing too many finals against each other. And uh, what it was 15 years ago, like a good brotherhood between Athletic de Bilbao and Barcelona, because they were two sides and clubs that like each other, has turned into something different. Mm. Because... Barcelona has beaten Athletic Club Bilbao in many finals. And uh, we have seen, for example, Neymar doing a Lambretta in one of the finals when Barcelona was winning. A that Lambretta? Lambretta is uh, yeah. when you flick the ball over your Rainbow head. Flip. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a Yeah, it's a really... Lambretta? Where, where does that come from? Uh, from Portuguese. I mean, from Portuguese okay. language, yeah. James? Lambretta. Ah. La, Lambretta. A Portuguese correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the animosity has been there between Athletic Club Bilbao and Barcelona, but this time it took a different level completely because uh, there what was... What did you do, Alvaro? We all know that you're Capo Ultra on yeah. the, the, the Catedral. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Those, those notes, bank notes were Those bank idea. notes printed, were there. Idea. Printed and yeah. sent by yeah. Alvaro. Yeah. <laughs> With the <laughs> words I have mafia the or the word <laughs> mafia yeah. written on them. Mm. Yes, yeah. exactly. That that was that was one of the things. It was the Inigo Cavaca's uh, ultra fan base who created those uh, notes. They were thrown at the pitch before the game, mm. and uh, then every decision that the referee made obviously uh, was taken very badly in Bilbao, uh, worse than ever. What people shouting "kaching" and that <laughs> kind of thing. This all coming days after the Spanish prosecutor officially charged Barcelona for continued sporting corruption in relation to their payments to the former referee chief. Jose Maria Enriquez Negrera. Now, the Spanish prosecutor has been joined in his action by who? By Real Madrid. By Real Madrid, who are facing Barcelona this weekend. Yes. Who? There won't be a lunch, huh? It won't be? There won't be a lunch for the first time. Uh, I think that they won't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that they won't, but I don't have that confirmed. But, uh, you know, it's very common in Spain that uh, the boards uh, before a football game, they meet mm. and they have lunch together before the game. This time it may not happen. But the, the thing here is that Barcelona and Real Madrid have had good institutional relations for the last two or three years. Mm. And this, is, um, this switches the dynamic completely. Uh, there so were they're effectively suing Barcelona, are they? They, were, they are joining uh, yeah. the yeah. the public prosecutor okay so the other clubs as well and it's the other not, clubs yeah, too yeah but Real Madrid was the last to do it so okay. the, the rest of the clubs were like why don't you do that well in reality Real Madrid and Barcelona they been together for the last two three years because they Super joined forces for the Super, Super League can the Super League survive 33% fewer teams this is, this is Juventus, left, Juventus <laughs> Barcelona I mean Real Madrid is the only the only one standing there I mean with the uh, so far impeccable 
you know, record. Yeah, absolutely. So, so far, I guess. Yeah, yeah, well. Uh, but the, how do I put all this? I think that Spanish football is uh, in crossroads right now. Uh, this is the biggest scandal that has ever happened in Spanish football. From 2001 until 2018, Barcelona paid $7 million to a man, Enriquez Negreira. Uh, the Spanish tax office uh, is reporting that Enriquez Negreira just withdrew uh, amounts of up to $20,000. It's for a what? small amounts. Yeah, a small amount, yeah, but 20,000 is not such a small amount. Oh, okay, anyway. right. Yeah, uh, up to 20,000, and they, they will ask him why did you do it and where, this, where did this money go? Because imagine that that went to the pocket of a referee, for example. But the, the investigations will be on course. The important thing is that two weeks ago, we were saying La Liga cannot take Barcelona to court because that prescribed or that... Uh, was time-barred according to La Liga's right. regulations. In mm -hmm. uh, La, Liga, La Liga's um, yeah, rules yeah. say that uh, after three years, the things are time-barred. Sure, yeah. But uh, the public prosecutor could, but they have to do it before June, and they have done it already. And they've done it? Yeah. Wow. Is there a way that it could be proven that Negrera influenced the referees or anything like that? Because this is, this is the thing. We, we talked about it before in Cachopoli. Yeah. They had wiretapes. They had proofs that they were discussing the referees and doing this and doing that. In this case, even if this morning we learned that Sandro Rossell told Laporta what they were doing back in 03, I think it was, saying like, we're paying him and you know, we have to keep paying him for the referees to be good, good with us. Is that enough to prove anything? Maybe not. Maybe we need the referee to step up and say, look, uh, I was one of those uh, who got this money or who got called by Enrique Negreira and I said that I didn't want it. But, uh, you know, the, the charges are more than all that because it's not only uh, the accusation that Barcelona is buying games. It's, uh, Barcelona has been accused as well of uh, corruption. Uh, disloyal administration or irregular administration and using false documents. So it could be the case that Barcelona gets sued and sentence for other things that is not uh, are not necessarily much fixing but anyway barcelona sent seven million to this man to this man to enrique negreira and that is something that will be discussed uh, the likes of valverde and luis enrique will have to appear on court again so uh, no not again but they will have to appear on court as well and uh, you know this is a, a snowball that is going to become bigger and bigger, but what we saw this weekend is that finally there is a massive animosity for Barcelona among every fan base, because what they have done is scandalous. I mean, just paying seven, mo seven million to this man is enough just to, to stain their reputation for a very long time. UEFA will look into it as well, by the way. That yeah. remontada, I knew it was dodgy. That referee was dodgy. German referees, too easy, too corrupt. Alvaro, in similar cases in other countries, we've seen one club be the focus at the start, but then it's revealed that other clubs have been involved in similar practices. Briefly, is there any suggestion that any other outfits might have been paying money? Are they investigating no, anybody no, else? No, 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 not, not at the moment. We have had different cases, for example, what in Spain we call maletines. Yeah, sure. You know, you know them, mm -hmm. like uh, basically paying someone to win to win, for example, a club, Athletic Club Bilbao, let's say, pays Levante to win their game, which they should anyway, because they depend on uh, suitcases. Levante to, to stay in Primera División. That in the past happened a lot. It doesn't happen anymore. But buying referees is something that I cannot recall any precedent of any club buying referees. There you go. Well, a huge story there, Alvaro, and uh, good to have you across all the developments as they as they come. Uh, next up, we're going to move on to ooh, another of the midweek Champions League games, Man City Leipzig. 
This is the Totally Football Show, sponsored by LiveScore Bet. With Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet, you can combine markets from thousands of options to create your own bet on the biggest football fixtures in the Premier League, the Champions League, the EFL, and around the world. So if you think you can successfully pick the first goal scorer, the final score, the total number of corners, and whether there'll be a red card, then use Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet to make up to six selections and get a single bet with the combined odds. Or if you can't make up your mind, you can choose from the pre-built quick bet options. Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet. Building a bet just got easier. Find out more at LiveScoreBet.com or by downloading the LiveScore Bet app on Android and iPhone. It's over 18s only. Full account terms apply. And of course, please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Hello there. I'm Danny Kelly, the host of the Athletics Tottenham Hotspur podcast, The View from the Lane. Spurs may have managed to comfortably beat Nottingham Forest over the weekend, but don't put your popcorn away yet, folks. The drama is aplenty in North 17. Results have been patchy and many fans have made up their minds that Antonio Conte needs to go. So why hasn't he been sacked yet? And if he did go, who would Spurs bring in? Our expert panel of Jack Pitbrook and James Moore come up with all the answers. So why don't you join us? Search for The View From The Lane on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your pods. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. Tuesday, Man City are hosting Leipzig after that 1 1 draw in Germany a few weeks ago. Rafa, once again, I ask could they, could RB Leipzig not pep side out of the tournament? I think it'd be easier for them to. Pull off a surprise than for Liverpool. It's not impossible, considering Man City's slightly uneven form this season. They haven't been able to control games and teams quite as much as they want to, and quite as much as Pep would like to. It was interesting him having a go at Kevin De Bruyne in the pre-match con- press conference. Very rarely do you see Pep criticise one of his own players, but of course it's still a tall, tall ask. It's it's going to be tricky for Leipzig if they play the way they played in the first half mm. of the first leg. Then it's going to be very difficult if they play like the second when they really came out and pushed City back and City had by their standards very little of the ball. Then they've got a, a real chance. But they need to probably have sort of the game of their lives mm. um, as a team. And it's been a while since we've seen Leipzig side completely functioning and firing on all cylinders. They've been competent without being that convincing and exciting this season. Okay, they warmed up with a nice 3-0 victory this weekend over Borussia Mönchengladbach, moving up to third place in the table. The last German side to win a Champions League game at the Etihad. Do you know who that was? I do know who that was. And who was in charge? And I was there at Ah. Pep Guardiola. How funny. um, In charge of Bayern. It was, um, I think, his first Champions League game. 
I'm right in saying. And it was a bit of a demonstration. Bayern were incredible that night. And yeah, until then, no. Since, Since then. then, City have have almost a perfect record at home. Mm. Uh, Marco Rosa is quite interesting. It's his fourth <laughs> knockout game in the Champions League and four times he's playing against... They've all been against Man, Man City. City. How many has he won so far? None. None. Okay. No Christopher Nkunku? Oh. Doubtful, I think. Okay. Still got a small chance of featuring. But... I think I'm right in saying. Timo Werner? He's on form. He's okay. Okay. He's nice. good at the weekend. Yeah, he's nice not great before. Hmm. He's still... Timo Werner. He's still not right. <laughs> <laughs> Something's right. happened to him in Chelsea. Mm. Chelsea. Well, something happened to another uh, set of German players at, at Chelsea last week, of course. They lost Bundesliga side to take on a Premier League opposition. was Borussia Dortmund. Dortmund who'd come into the game at Stamford Bridge having won 12 straight matches domestically, but promptly lost. What was it, 2-0 at Stamford Bridge? 2-0. Mm. And they followed that up with the Riviera Derby. And that didn't go according to plan, neither. Da steht Karaman, der köpft und Tor! Kenan Karaman! 2-2! It was a draw, but it felt like a defeat for them. Because they were twice up, they played some good stuff. They controlled Schalke. But I don't know if you can blame them for sort of lack of focus or lack of ruthlessness or if it's just a case of as we saw at Chelsea that the quality is just a little bit thin on with, the ground with the injuries the moment, to, with all to the Brandon. injuries and important players not performing first and foremost Jude Bellingham is mm. going through a very lean spell at the moment lots of talk in Germany at the moment of why this is um, this is not happening for him why, some what's people, the theory well some people are saying he's distracted by the mm. unclear future I think that's an easy explanation it might still be true but there are also uh, people who have picked up on the fact that he's been playing with a um, strap on his knee mm. for quite some time now. And maybe he's been playing through a bit of pain or not quite fit. In any case, he seems a little bit frustrated with his own game at the moment. Well, the 2-2 draw means that they slipped two points behind Bayern Munich again in that exciting Bundesliga title race. Bayern, who made sure of all three points with a... Uh, ooh, Quite exciting. 5-3 victory over Augsburg, which featured several talking points. Great game from João Cancelo, who got the start here, scored his first goal for Bayern. Wonderful assist for his opposite number, Alfonso Davis, as well. Yeah, he played really well. He played really well. And he came in in a position where he's more comfortable as a wing-back, effectively, not in the back three. Nagelsmann again explained why... People shouldn't be surprised. He doesn't play in a back three. It's not really his position. I'm still not 100% convinced because, especially against PSG, Bayern, uh, Jules was there with me. He enjoyed the night. Um, Bayern played uh, that hybrid system where it's three when they have the ball, but it's very much a four when they don't. So it's impossible for Cancelo to play, Cancelo to play that position. I, I'm not so sure. But then, of course, Julian Nagelsmann knows better. Uh, in any case, it wasn't just a good comeback for him, mm. but also other players who've been either criticised or having a, a bad time. Uh, Serge Gnabry came back, did okay. Leroy Sonic came back, did really well, also scored a goal. And Benjamin Pavard, who... Pavadovsky. Such a... <laughs> Pavadovsky. <laughs> it's such a difficult uh, World Cup. Right. And came back a little bit demoralised. 
Um, really has picked up great form and scored two fantastic goals. And the now the second is beautiful. Yeah, they're both really nice. Uh, mm. They're both sort of strikers, good strikers finishes, both volleys in the box. And there is talk of now him extending his contract at Bayern beyond 2024. He had basically told the club he wants to go. He was no longer happy. He was playing on the right a lot, not in center, not in the center back position. But things have changed and now he looks like the player that Bayern fans really have come to admire over the years. He's been very, very dependable and scores the odd screamer as well. Okay. Bayern going two points clear. Union also drawing this weekend. They have four games without a win. That was against Wolfsburg. What's the situation like down at the bottom, meanwhile, Rafa? It's really interesting because that Schalke point um, gives them an even better chance to survive. It was their seventh game unbeaten mm. in a row under Thomas Reis. Bochum won at Köln, which was a huge result. Hertha only a draw, so they're still right in the mix. And Stuttgart got a very good point against Frankfurt, who, of course, Napoli's next opponent. Mm. But uh, before we move on, I think, quick word on Hertha. Mm. They've now become part of the 7-7-7 group. Right. Um, the seventh team, I think, or the eighth that they've added. Okay, let's list them. Genoa. Yes. Vasco da Gama. Okay. Uh, they've got a piece of Sevilla. Ooh. Standard Liège. Ooh. The French one. Can you find the French one? Uh, yeah, Red Star Paris. Yes. Um, them that's six and then we're missing one missing one or two or two possibly hmm. anyway it was interesting because you remember they had had this big investor and they had 350 million euros which they just burned through and now the new investor has come and taken over 75 percent of the shares of the subsidiary company and has promised to inject 100 million euros into the team which they really need because they're losing a lot of money um, apparently, they're losing up to 60 million euros this year, this season. So just staying afloat and staying in the Bundesliga will be a tall order. A triple seven who um, took Genoa down last year. I see Hertha are 15th. <laughs> um, you know, could go down to the uh, Bundesliga Zwei. Mm. Bottom five, though, separated by three points. So it is very, very open, but... That many teams in that many countries, the prospects of them encountering each other in Europe seems pretty elevated, even if uh, most of them are doing their best to avoid any notion of European competition at the moment. <laughs> but is, is there not a question about, about that with UEFA regulations of... Only if you're in the same competition. Okay. And uh, as we saw when Red Bull Salzburg took on RB Leipzig, mm. UEFA were happy with a formal separation even though I think in theory or in practice, perhaps the case wasn't quite as clear cut. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. At the moment, all these teams are very far from meeting in a European competition. Indeed so. All right. As you mentioned, Eintracht Frankfurt are the next opponents for Napoli. And we'll talk about what's going on in Syria and with their game next. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
you're listening to the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, sponsored by LifeScore Bet. You can get the latest football betting odds at LifeScoreBet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. Two Champions League games involving City Outsides coming up this week. You've got Napoli on Wednesday against Eintracht Frankfurt. Napoli 2-0 up from the first leg. Frankfurt have got Kulamuani suspended. They've got no away fans for the game as well. Porto, meanwhile, will be hosting Inter. And that looks like the trickier fixture, particularly James Horncastle, after the weekend that Inter had. Friday, they went to the team in fourth last place in City Spezia. And what happened? They lost. Uh, they lost in part because uh, Daniel Maldini on loan from AC Milan, uh, scored against them. Uh, Lautaro Martinez also missed a pen, which begged the question, why did he take one, when Lukaku's got a 100% record from the spot. Lukaku thought he got a point for his team with a late penalty, uh, but they then went and lost. And it's piled a lot of pressure on Inter, um, not only in the league, although everyone behind them, Uh, dropped points as well so it hasn't really put their top four in much more jeopardy than it was already in Mm. has it put Simone Inzaghi in any more jeopardy than he was already in not in the immediate term but certainly when it comes to reviewing his position at the end of the season uh, this past week will be looked back on um, because he has been undermined He's done very good in the big games uh, so far this season you think of away at Barcelona you think being the first team to beat Napoli and they are in a cup semi-final yet again. And this is the thing with Inzaghi. He is seen as a cup manager. You know, he's always won Coppa Italia, Super Cup. Uh, he has missed a Super Cup. Um, and uh, he has led into to progress in the Champions League. Um, you know, he got them out of the group stages, which something that Conte couldn't do, something mm. that Spalletti couldn't do. From a tough group as well. From a tough group but I'm talking about last year okay. um, and he's done it again this year mm. and they can reach the quarterfinals but they have to go to Porto and Porto have a formidable reputation uh, in Italy um, because they overturned a 1-0 defeat to Roma a few years ago that was a Roma side that had reached the Champions League semi-finals um, they knocked out uh, Pirlo Juventus they uh, beat AC Milan last year Uh, And they also knocked Lazio out of the Europa League. So um, it is a place where you go with real trepidation. And, you know, as much as Inter can maybe fall back on this, we do well in the big games. You wonder how long they can sustain that and whether it will catch up with them. Mm. Um, But I do think, I mean, we've seen it with the other Italian teams that are in the Champions League and the other European competitions. Because they know that they have no chance of winning the league title their heads are more in Europe this season. You saw it with Milan, for example. They lost to Fiorentina. They then went to Spurs, got the result they needed to progress to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. You saw it at the weekend when Inter lost to Spezia. They have probably had their minds on this game. And it is you know, really important financially uh, for the club. So many players out of contract um, at the end of the season. So many players on loan who might go back. They really need this money to kind of invest in the team uh, in the summer. Um, so it's the same thing for Porto this year, because Benfica is far away from them in Primera Liga. Mm. Mm. That said, they can't take their eye off the ball too much in the league because there's an almighty scrap going on for the other three Champions League spots behind Napoli, who are now 18 points clear after defeating Atalanta this weekend 2-0. Well, I think if you look at some statistical models, James, nice. Yep. Uh, Inter 
still have an 85% chance right. of reaching the Champions League. However, those models do not take into account one key variable. What's that? Lautaro Martinez? No. <laughs> no. The key variable <laughs> is yep. if Juventus get their points penalty Thank of return. You. All right. So as it stands, you've got Inter, Lazio, Milan and Roma all separated by only three points. If Juve get their... Uh, Juve are now eight, 10 points behind because everybody above them keeps dropping points. If they get their 15 points back, they'll be clear of all of those teams. Yep. So those four teams will be scrapping over two places. Mm. That's the math. For two, yeah. That's the math that the model does not take into account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, I mean... That case is rumbling on. The appeal's been rumbling on. Juve think they've had positive news from the events of last week, but we'll see because, yeah, uh, there's a long way to go in that. Could be three Italian teams in the last eight. Yeah. When was the last time that happened? Good question, Rafa. Good question, yeah. Good question. Do you want to Google it? Do you have a good answer? (laughs) Um, 2003, something like that. It feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like a long time ago. I know right. that, you know, obviously the the last round of games with the number of yeah, wins and the no defeats went back to yeah. 1991 across all competitions. But uh, in terms of three in the last eight. Even in the nope. Europa League Listen, as well. We just plain don't know. Yeah. Plain don't know. In the Europa League as well, they're doing w- so well. Yeah. When, when was the last uh, significant win away of Inter? In the Champions League? Because last season against Liverpool doesn't count because they didn't qualify. But you have to go far back maybe to Camp Nou uh, I mean which one they, no they didn't win at Camp Nou no, no, no exactly yeah. they didn't even, even but win but they don't need to win this time they're a goal up from the, yeah. the first leg at home to yeah. Porto we'll see that's Tuesday evening anyway Inzaghi a big game manager and Porto not the only big game he's got this week because oh my goodness on Sunday night it's only the Derby d'Italia against this Juve team who are now 10 points back from the top four a Juve team who had a a pretty thrilling 4-2 victory at the weekend over Sampdoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a game we're going to be covering live. Yeah, we've got a double header because it's the header. Rome derby as Rome. well. Amazing. Two Sunday. more teams Super Sunday, I would call it. Super Sunday. Wow, the Rome derby. So you've got Inter against Juventus from 7.45 and then 5 o'clock, our coverage starts from 4.30, uh, we'll be doing the Rome derby. Uh, probably Jose Mourinho will be tuning in because he won't be allowed to be there. Yeah, it'd be good to have him as a studio guest, wouldn't it? it I mean, he, would it? I think so, sure. yeah. Do you think? Would yeah. he just do one of his gestures? Would he just sit there being surly and <laughs> pretending to be silenced by the man? Well, Salvatore Forti, who himself had been banned for a month, he's Jose's assistant. Mm. Um, he has a record which is not too dissimilar from that of Christian Stellini at Spurs, you know, where Conte's having his surgery and Stellini comes in and basically they always win. Mm. It's kind of similar with Foti at Roma. So maybe it's it's not a bad thing. Um, I think Although this weekend it was without Jose because he was serving that two-game yeah. suspension and with Foti on the sideline and they took on Sassuolo. Oh, um, and they lost. They lost. Yeah. But what a thrilling game that was. 4-3 yeah. to the Nero Verdi. Yeah. The uh, Nero Verdi. These games are really good often. Um, I mean, it was Jose's 1,000th game last year. Mm. Um, and uh, they they won it late. And Jose ran off down the sideline like he was the, the coach who burst onto the scene when Porto beat Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, but yeah, some good goals. Uh, we mentioned the Dybala one. Yeah, mention it again. Go on. Well, the whip on it. Yes. James, because um, I think it's a left-footed shot from the kind of inside left channel. 
outside the box and it just goes right across uh, Andrea Consigli. First time as well. First so you time. Use the pace of the ball, yeah, you don't control it. And yeah, I think the only uh, the only goal that kind of beats it, uh, well, aside from Cavadadona this week, uh, in recent memory at least, is the one that Di Maria scored against Nantes. The trajectories these Argentines get on these shots. What are they put? What's in the water in Argentina? And it's just do incredible. Do you want the answer to the question, by the way? No, no, I'm going to do that. 6, 7, 6, 7. No, 5, 6. 5, 6. Yeah, I, I say that. You did, didn't you, Alvaro? It recorded. Yeah. And it was good because <laughs> neither of those three teams yeah. were in the final that year, so. Mm. All right. That's coming Armo up Sunday. Armo Paris born and bred, by the way. Just wanted to yeah. make sure that everybody knew that. Very good. Very good. That's what's coming up on Sunday. Next up. Let's check in on some pretty remarkable events in Turkey. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Zaniolo, Zaniolo, Gideon, Zaniolo, where the passer is, Achissa, Achissa, Zaniolo, goal position, Zaniolo, Zaniolo, Burke 026 says, Totally Show, can we get some love for Galatasaray? They finished last season 13th, then assembled an amazing squad with the likes of Icardi, Mertens, Zaniolo, Torreira, and yesterday, this weekend, broke the league record with their 14th victory in a row. Yeah, quite the story there as the Superliga returns after the devastating earthquake that killed tens of thousands and left uh, millions homeless. Football getting back underway again and Galatasaray picking up their 14th straight victory in the league. To tell us more about this incredible record and the incredible array of players behind it, we're joined now by the football correspondent for Hurriyet, Banu Yelkovan. Banu, first of all, welcome again uh, to the Tony Football Show. Tell us about this extraordinary run that Galatasaray are on. Extraordinary, not least because of the disappointments of last season. Yes, uh, it's a very significant run that Galatasaray is now uh, going on with. It's an all-time best. It's a record for Turkish League. That's why it's so important, but not only because of the win streak, but also it's the 100th anniversary of the Republic this year and the 100th anniversary of football in Turkey. The Federation will also celebrate their anniversary. So that, that was a title that everyone is, or was aiming for and everyone would like to have in their museum it's a very very special year for the country and uh, Galatasaray started the season quite badly and after finishing another season quite badly uh, and one of the two defeats of the season so far was in the second week and all the losses point losses were before the World Cup break Mm. and 
murmurs have long uh, have started about Okan Buruk, uh, the manager, how inexperienced he was for a big team, how he cannot handle the pressure, you know, all that jazz. And honestly, I don't know, it would have been very challenging if it hadn't gone into the World Cup break with a glorious uh, win against Başakşehir. Uh, Galatasaray won 7 to nil. And uh, it was really a very successful uh, last game. And uh, everything stopped then. And after, when the season restarted, it was like Galatasaray, like they became like the Avengers, you know, they they bounced back incredibly. So uh, it's not only Galatasaray, the rivals uh, are also doing great, but... Uh, Galatasaray has no losses. They don't lose. They don't draw. They just win. And uh, psychologically, it's a bit of uh, tough to follow that uh, up. So uh, Trabzonspor, you know, the champions uh, last year, they had a similar strike last year, but it was uh, more of a unbeaten run, not a winning run, you know. Mm. And Galatasaray now they have I think they uh, last in the last game uh, they break the record who before uh, belonged to Besiktas and it dated uh, from the 59-60 season and it was a 13 game streak so it was another era really mm. so they are going, doing really great and uh, very surprising for everyone okay 1-0 the win at the weekend of Akashim Pasha with uh, Nicola Zaniolo scoring on his competitive debut lovely goal as well it does sound you mentioned the the suspicions that uh, Buruk wouldn't be able to keep keep a lid on things in the dressing room it does sound quite a Quite an interesting squad to be managing, not just Zaniolo and Dries Mertens and Maro Icardi, but you've also got Bafetimi Gomez and, and, and notorious troublemaker Juan Mata in there as well. What a squad they've got. They have an incredible squad. Everybody, you know, not only in Turkey, but I think many in Europe will be jealous of that squad. You know, it's incredible. In Kasımpaşa, you know, uh, we had Icardi, uh, Torreira lined up Mata, then Zaniola, and Mertens was in the, you know, he wasn't playing, but he was with the fans. He was not with the, uh, you know, when where the uh, injured players normally sit in the family. He was with the fans in the, up in the, you know, uh, how do you call it, up in the stands. Mm. So it was incredible. You know, sometimes you just put stars and it's it becomes like a Harlem kind of team. And it is not a normal team and uh, normally you know when you put stars uh, two and two doesn't always equal four because when big egos are gathered together you don't know what will come out of that but in Galatasaray all the stars they became like a team it's uh, that's I think that's make it so special the substitutes you mentioned a few of them mm. they don't make faces when somebody else scores a goal they celebrate together at the end of the game, the ones who played and the ones who didn't play, they salute hand in hand uh, the fans who remain in the stands to applaud them after each game. It's like, you know, uh, it's not only in Turkey, I guess. It's always uh, in football. It's like a gambling, you know, when you put many uh, big stars in one team, they don't always end up uh 
good, you know. And then uh, you get also, you could be criticized about that for not knowing football, you know, when you put so many egos in one team like they did in uh, Paris Saint-Germain, for instance. But no, in Galatasaray, uh, it seems to work very well, actually. Well, nine points clear at the top of the table. Mm-hmm. Last season's champions, Trabzonspor, who you mentioned, are down in fifth place. They are a whopping 19 points behind. And they've had a special mm-hmm. visitor this week, Banu. Steven yeah. Gerrard's out there. What's going on? It's very exciting because, because Abdullah Havji, who, who became champion with Trabzonspor with an incredible season, he had an incredible season, and they played good football and they also break uh, so many records, especially for Trabzonspor. But this season, after selling one or two key players and injured players, very important injured players, uh, the results were not like last season. So he quit, just like the president also quit. Uh, I don't know if Trabzon is in a very good shape for having Steven Gerrard now, but it's for sure it's an exciting uh, news for us as well if he comes. But uh, Trabzon Sport has many things to settle and they may also prefer to go with the assistant coach until the end of season, which is not very far. All right. Okay. Banu, that's magnificent. Thank you so much for all of that and look forward to catching up with you you again soon. Hopefully. Oh, while we're looking at other leagues, can we have a quick mention for Nuno Santos? Oh, nice. What a goal. Jules, tell us about what he did. Rabona going backwards as well on the edge of the box right in the top corner what, what, what makes goal? you think I will run up to the ball and do that genius because you're right, right you don't trust your right foot so you go with your left foot mm. instead of hitting it with your right foot which you shouldn't do yeah uh, but clearly it was it no, probably, but I mean, the, the, it's the run that really blew my mind because you'll see people trying a Rabona but they generally plant themselves first and then make but he does it while running which yeah, is yeah it's, it's amazing it's it amazing. is amazing that's in a, so it was the first goal of a 3-0 victory of a Boa Vista on Sunday for Sporting who of course will be in London on Thursday taking on that Arsenal 2-2 from the first leg mm, really mm. good this is going to be yeah great excellent alright hey, hey we haven't talked about Liga yet woo. woo we'll do that next Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. What's that, James Horncastle? Mm, <laughs> sounds interesting. Yeah, this is the the song which is taking over Naples. Is it taking over Naples? Oh my God! Well, it's 
I would implore our listeners to mm. go and watch the video of Alex Garini's song Ossiman. Right. It's in no way disturbing. No, he, he is dressed like a Franciscan or Capuchin monk. Right. Um, an order of Ossiman, if you like. Right. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's celebrating. Do you think Ossiman scanned better than Kvaraskelia? Is that why the, the, it's a hymn to him? Yeah, I think it would be difficult, but I, um, yeah, let's throw down the gauntlet for yeah. Neapolitans in their neo-melodic uh, way of singing because I'm pretty sure. In fact, I'm I'm seeing there are Cabaret Scalia songs All right. around Please here, no, like... but this for me is is incredibly catchy. Yep, it's hard to oh, you know. There you go, listener. You got that stuck in your ear for the next. Who knows how long? Mm. Let's try and clean it out with a little bit of uh, lovely old Ligue 1, where Paris Saint-Germain, who were looking to bounce back from a disappointment uh, in the Champions League. Mm. Don't need to go into that. By no, Munich. we don't. No, I think we no. should. No, we don't. Looking to bounce back from that, travelled to Brest. And they were about to blow it again, drawing 1-1 after 90 minutes when... Kylian Mbappé rode to the rescue again. But Brest, how did they let this happen? Jules, didn't they know what was going to happen? Yeah, I think they went for the... They played very well in the second half. And they were going for it really late in the game. And they got done on the counter, which was their game plan at the beginning. And then one ball from Nuno Mendes to Messi in the PSG half. And then Messi, first time ball towards Kylian in behind. And then one-on-one with the keeper, he was never going to miss. It was not good from PSG. You take it, I guess. Uh, you saw some of the youngsters, especially uh, Zaire Emery again, who was really good. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is the end of the season. is like that. Already people are like, yeah, OK, they're going to win the title. That's all they're going to win. Hang on, I thought we were having a title race with like Marseille and Monaco. We were a few weeks ago, but not right. anymore because no. the we others behind keep dropping points. I would love a title race, yeah. but everybody else keep dropping points. So now they... Ten points clear. Ten points clear. That's right. So it's pretty much over. They've played Marseille twice already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Marseille drew 2-2 with Strasbourg at the weekend. Incredible end of that game. You were not watching because you obviously you were on we a very were doing, good uh, uh, UV Samp. Mm. But if you had a split TV screen like me, yeah. you could see the end of this game and Strasbourg scoring two goals in one minute. How did you do that, Joseph? 88 and... How did you get that split? It's on Canal Plus. If you ah voila, yeah, yeah. you right. can split your screen in four if you want. Four really? Each. So we watch four games at the same time. You make them the all football. Yeah. I'd, I'd have one maybe with. Uh, anyway, sorry, yeah, mm, some and Japanese Aoru. film or something. Maybe a Japanese yeah. film. Korea <laughs> san nice. Aulu scored one on the corner and then a wonderful. We talked about goals of the of the weekend. I think yes. they were outstanding goals this weekend. Really, uh, in every league. We, s- we said about Portugal, we said mm. about Dybala, of course, Vara, and Aolu was outstanding on the edge of the box in the top corner for Strasbourg. 2-2, Marseille were down to 10 men uh, after half an hour, Balea sent off. And they show again that they're, sh- they're struggling at home at the Velodrome, which is crazy because they're sh- such an amazing stadium with incredible fans, 63,000 of them. And yet it seems to be a problem for their own players. Mm. Elsewhere, Inform Monaco took on even more Inform Reims. And got beaten by them 1-0. Of Will course. Still. Will still. Still not loving defeats. Still. Still on fire. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very, very nice. Uh, following Balagon, of course, has scored the only goal. He's now on 16 yeah. for the season. He's the what? He's the youngest player to score at least 16 goals in his first season in Liga since 
a player in the 60s, you won't remember this, Mo Salem, yeah, with no, Sedan Torsi. Who's yeah. Sedan Torsi? Sedan? Sedan, Sedan Torsi. Oh, Sedan, like in the song? They can't okay. be the same. <laughs> yeah, but no, not right. Sedan Torsi. But yeah, okay. me, I mean, it's 21 and 120 days, I think, or something like that. Amazing. It's an incredible season. For him, for Will, still, still unbeaten in 18 league matches now. It's to cover. You could see nine, you find 19 some, in some places, but 19, Oscar Garcia was technically still in charge for that okay. game. Okay. So that, 18. Because I have 17 written here, but you're going with 18. Yeah, 18 for sure. Wow. It's 18 or 19, but 19, Oscar Garcia was still the head coach, the manager at the time. Extraordinary. So incredible for Will, still. And it's not just that they went to Monaco and won, it's they played really, really well. Mm. Balogun could have had a hat trick easily, still has things. Think, to be a bit more clinical if he wants to, I mean, have the consistency and everything. But um, yeah, outstanding performance again. It's, it's wonderful. They're building the four points behind the European places now. So it could be a very exciting end of the season for them. Brilliant. Well, that, that race for European places is going to be the big interest yeah. point because the title's already gone. And what European prospects are there for league on sides now? Nice. 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 Who, yeah, who, are, who won the first leg against Sheriff. Tiras Paul in the in the last sixteen of the the Conference League, mm. and that's it. That's all we have left, man. Crikey! I know. A word on Luis Opanda, who scored the fastest hat trick in Liga in seventy five years, four minutes and thirty seconds. Wow! wow. For Lance, really, good. really good, amazing for the Belgian international who scored a hat trick before as well. So he scored two this season, uh, and he beat the record for Matt Musilu in 08 for Lille, four minutes and thirty four seconds. So pretty impressive. It's really impressive that you can. Just drop those numbers off Just the top like of your dome. Yeah. It's almost mm. like if I'd watched the game and, you know, <laughs> prepared for the show. And then finally, just finally. Um, what as opposed to like Googling it on your phone <laughs> as we go along. <laughs> so my moment of the weekend, let me buy some time here. Um, no, I just wanted to, to talk quickly on the Karim Benzema and Didier Deschamps uh, latest Oh, what's happened? Uh, yeah. Because uh, Deschamps did his, his first interview since the World Cup for Le Parisien and Le Figaro saying that Going back onto the Benzema incident, of course, saying that uh, Karim t knew the truth, that the truth was that he had that hamstring injury, that they went for scan, that Karim himself told Deschamps, it's dead, it's over, I can't, I can't, I can't take part of the, the World Cup, that Deschamps said to him, take your time to go home, no rush. Right. And then the next morning when Deschamps woke up, like most of the, of the staff and the team, he was already gone because he took that 808 flight to Madrid. Uh, it's a good flight that from Doha. It's a good yeah. flight. I mean, it's the first one to start with. So if you really, you, if you're in the rush. 808, yeah. And really as soon popular. as that was published, Karim put a few stories on uh, his social media saying, calling Deschamps a liar and calling him a clown uh, with the emoji. <laughs> and then saying that now he's got, he has to talk now for the people to tell his story, his side of the story. Right. Because right now we only have Deschamps from the beginning, really. Right. And Karim's people and Karim himself can can talk off the record and right. review that maybe the, uh, the injury was not that serious. Deschamps said that he would not have been able to come back before the semi-final. So why keep him in the squad? You don't even know if you're going to get that far anyway. I think the, the Benzema truth would be quite interesting. Good oh, yeah? Jules. Jules? Have you got... Yeah. I'm on it, I'm on it. I don't know if he would pick me. Right. Say, maybe there's some... Piers Morgan, there's a few. <laughs> Piers Morgan, it could be Raphael Honigstein. Maybe like there's Manu some Lloyd. video evidence that we, he can provide. Oh, Karim. oh my God. But, but uh, it's, it's, it's been a while since we had a full-scale player manager yeah. rebellion. Well, not in, in women's Manchester. football in Last French. Week, oh, yeah, said. not in the women's Last football. Week. She's gone, by the way. Your yeah, so uh, just give us the background on that story. Corinne Diak has been, has been sacked by the Federation. Mm. She's, she's not anymore the uh, women's head, head coach because the players didn't want to work with her. It's as simple as that. She, she lost the dressing room, literally. 
Uh, and it was either there. Did you say literally? <laughs> No, Not because in the sense that, that is an offence. How can you lose? <laughs> sure. In the sense I went down the corridor. <laughs> <laughs> it was there. no longer there. <laughs> it's no longer there. In the sense that we often use like, oh, he, he's lost the dressing room, but we're not sure. Yeah. We say, as, and yeah. it's a bit of a cliche, in this case, we know for sure that she lost the dressing room no, not the location. Girl, we're going to have to yeah. build a new dressing room because you've lost. <laughs> because the players didn't want to play for her anymore. So right. it was either the Federation went with, with Jack and then she picked other players. She selected other players. Or they went with the players, which is a very dangerous thing to do because it's, mm. a, it's a big precedent. And sacked the manager, which they did. Wow. French football, always revolting. Always. Always. What's that? You'd like to play out with a little bit more of... Oh, see, man. We're very happy to oblige. Uh, we'll hopefully see you next Tuesday or for Thursday show rounding up the Champions League midweek action for now from all of us here. It's goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Totally Football Show is an athletic media company production and sponsored by LiveScoreBet. Get the latest football betting odds at livescorebet.com. It's over 18s only. Please bet responsibly and be gambleaware.org. The Athletic.